Oh, so close. But yet the New Jersey Devils shot themselves in the foot yet again. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils right for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So, for the first time since October 15th, the New Jersey Devils have dropped their last two games, but at least in this matchup against the New York Rangers, they came away with a point because they lost the game in OT. So at least they walk away with something, which is better than nothing. So in today's show, we're going to talk about the Devils' slump because it's quite obvious that they're in a bit of a rut, but their rut is obviously different to someone like maybe the Philadelphia Flyers who went on a lengthy losing streak. But we're going we're gonna to talk about my concerns. We're going to look at how the Metro is lining up. And then I'll talk about the game. I'll talk about who's to blame, who was the standout. And I guess anyone who saw the game can pretty much know who I'm going to say was a standout player. But we'll talk about that a little later. Then I'll give you guys my uh, final letter grade for the game. And it's not going to be high for the Devils. Now, here's the thing. The New Jersey Devils, it is clear that they are in the midst of a bit of a slump. And a lot of people didn't realize this because – during the midst of their slump, it's actually quite interesting because they were still winning. Because going back to the game on November 28th, in which they played the New York Rangers, once again at Madison Square Garden, they came away with the win by a score of 5-3. to three. Now, when people look at the score, they say, oh, the New Jersey Devils dominated. No, 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 that's not exactly the case because they let up the first two goals of the game early and they were just able to just shut the door down and get their act together. Then we know what happened in the game against the Nashville Predators just a couple days later. They lost an OT. They played too lackadaisical. They played too lazy. They played two and a half good minutes of hockey. And then ultimately, uh, when it went to OT, they lost it. But at least they came away with a point similar to this game. Then against the Philadelphia Flyers, once again, why did we let the Philadelphia Flyers hang around as long as they did? They had no business uh, just making this a one goal game like the New Jersey Devils should have put their foot on the gas pedal and not look back but they let the Flyers hang around and the Devils still won but it wasn't the prettiest of wins so they won three to two the Chicago Blackhawks game they were obviously able to come away with a shutout and maybe this is me being a little too picky but towards the end of period number one they did allow the Chicago Blackhawks to get what like seven or eight shots on Vitek Vanacek uh, to close out that period so I said I was a little concerned about that and then uh, in the game against the New York Islanders, the game that I was present and I was in the press box covering it, the Devils, they had one of their worst losses of the seasons. It, and you would have to go back to their game against the uh, Washington Capitals, in which they lost 6-3 back on October 24th, if you want any comparison, because they lost that game to the Islanders 6-4. And now here we are, uh, Monday, December 12th, Devils come away with an OT loss by a score of four to three against their cross river rival, the New York Rangers. Now here's the thing. Am I concerned? No, it's just because the the thing is, is that at least the devils are finding ways to walk away with something despite their struggles. Now, where are their struggles stemming from? Well, here's the thing, guys. Remember early on in the season, I said, it seems like the New Jersey devils are playing a fast 
fast-paced game of hockey. Some games that stick out are the games against the Edmonton Oilers, the Ottawa Senators, because with the Ottawa Senators, they're also a very young team, so they can kind of keep up with the Devils in terms of speed. But when it comes to skill, that kind of goes over to the New Jersey Devils end. And then when we're going up against Conor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and all those guys, it's always going to be a dog battle when you're going up against uh, some of the best to ever play the game. So that was a fast-paced game as well, and I'm sure there's a, a few other games that come to mind. But the New Jersey Devils, are their, their identity this season is just play fast and just try to uh, come away with a lot of energy. And that's great and all, but I did say early on this season it was going to catch up to them and that it, they can't maintain it all 82 games. It's impossible, and unfortunately, it's catching up to them now. Now, it's better to have this kind of struggle earlier in the season versus late in the season when you're trying to get seeding for the playoffs or whatever case might be. So right now the Devils are still first in the Metro and they still have a pretty comfortable lead. But here's one thing I do want to point out. So uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're currently on a six-game win streak. The New York Rangers, after this matchup, they're on a four-game win streak. And then the Washington Capitals are right now on a four-game win streak. So here's the thing about the Penguins and Capitals. I said, despite them being one of the oldest teams in the NHL, those are teams you cannot sleep on because they have some of the best to ever do it. And you know they're going to rely heavily on their veterans to try to make a push for the playoffs. So unless you're the Philadelphia Flyers or the Columbus Blue Jackets, your playoff chances are still, how would I say this, within graphs if you play in the Metro. So when looking at the standings, and I'm putting it up on YouTube right now, so the Devils are currently first in the Metro, 44 points to the good. But trailing them by just six points is the Pittsburgh Penguins. And like I just said, the Devils are on a two-game losing streak. At least they walked away with a point in this game against the New York Rangers. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, let me repeat myself, six-game win streak. Then you got the Hurricanes, 36 points. Rangers, 35 points. Islanders, 34. And then Capitals, 32. Now, we were just talking about the Islanders being the third team in the Metro. And now they are currently uh, in the middle of the pack. And then for the Capitals... Even though they're towards the bottom, they still have 32 points. So while I don't believe that they're going to get first place in the Metro, and I hope the Devils are able to keep their first place positioning uh, throughout the entirety of the season, but crazy things have happened. I know that the Washington Capitals are going to try to make a desperate push to the playoffs, maybe to nab a wild card position, but I'm thinking a little too far down the line. Obviously, this is just an outside perspective. I'm not locked on Capitals. I'm not locked on Penguins. But the point that I'm just trying to make is that uh, the Metro, it's still pretty much anyone's game. And I just want the Devils to be aware that the the Metro, despite having three of the oldest teams in the NHL, in the Islanders, Penguins, and Capitals, you might be sitting comfortably right now, but your lead is not safe. So I just want them to step up just a little bit more. Because when I spoke to Lindy Ruff, when I spoke to Nico Heischer the other game, they said that their goal is to not lose back-to-back games. Well, even though they walked away with a point, for the first time since October 15th, they have lost back-to-back games. So now how do you tighten it up and how do you get better? Because you got to go directly back to the Prudential Center and you got to play against one of the best teams in the NHL. So here's the thing for your New Jersey Devils. I literally said just a couple episodes ago, these next series of games are going to be true tests for them. And it's really going to determine what direction they're going to take their organization in as the season progresses. Because I'm still pondering on the fact, are the Devils Cup contenders? Are they just a regular playoff team? Or are they just coasting by? Are they getting lucky? Obviously, the third one is is not true. I'm just putting out options. But you're starting to see what I'm saying, which is like uh, when we go up against the Boston Bruins later in the month, we got to play them uh, 
twice, even, even though it's not back-to-back. We got to play them twice in a row. So how do we match up against the Boston Bruins? How do we match up against the Carolina Hurricanes? Because we haven't faced them yet. How do we match up against the Dallas Stars, which is also one of the best teams in the NHL? So that's my overall thing. The Devils are in a slump, but their kind of slump is a lot different than last year's team because the slump for the New Jersey Devils last year was like a six-game losing streak. Not once, but I believe twice during the course of the year. So they've shown tremendous improvement, but I just want to point it out. Like, the reason I'm not concerned is that they're still finding ways to win. They're still putting a, a valiant effort because in this game, even though they did blow a 3-1 lead, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I just had to just had to bring that up because 3-1 leads are always the butt end of most jokes in sports. So even though the Devils blew a 3-1 lead, even though uh, they've dropped their last two matchups, the other games I mentioned, so like the New York Rangers game in late November, um, the game against the Philadelphia Flyers, Chicago Blackhawks, whatever the case might be, at least they're finding ways to win. At least they're putting up valiant efforts. So they're trying, but how do you tighten it up? Because one of the things I did say was an X factor for New Jersey Devils going into the game against the New York Islanders. Yes, the Devils beat the Islanders early on in the season, but the Islanders have improved. And now it's just like they're one of the top teams in the Metro. So how does this Islanders team, now that they've really got their footing underneath them, how do they match up with the Devils team? So that's the thing I want uh, the New Jersey Devils to to take note of, which is, yes, they are struggling. Yes, they're not playing their best brand of hockey. Their, bet, their worst is still better than most people's best. So I'm not trying to be ungrateful or anything. I'm just saying, like, the, the test is going to get harder and harder. So they really got to tighten up. Like, how do you uh, maintain a lead? How do you just put your foot on the gas pedal? Because they've done it earlier this year. So I'm not saying that I'm disappointed or anything. I'm just saying, like, I know that they can perform better. And just like how this slump is going, I just want them to snap out of it, break out of it. Because once the uh, New York Rangers scored their third goal of the game, you just saw how hyped they were. You just saw the energy. And that kind of took the wind out of the devil's sails. That's just my perspective on it. Maybe I'm overstepping it. Maybe I'm stretching it a bit. But that's what I just saw when the Rangers got their third overall goal of the game. They just wanted it more. They just had more energy. And then you look at the devils, they kind of just like – they didn't exactly give up on themselves, but they, it wasn't the same type of confidence I saw earlier in the year when they were like down 3-1 against the Edmonton Oilers going into the final period of regulation. And then they were able to score early on in period number three. Then late in the game, they tied it up. And then just a few seconds later, they got the game-winning goal. Or in OT, they were confident against the Ottawa Senators despite uh, th- them being down the count, getting a penalty. Uh, let's see, who broke? Uh, Eric Holla broke his stick during the course of that OT. And yes, somehow, some way, the Ottawa Senators weren't able to score. So I'm missing that sort of energy, that sort of determination from the Devils. And when they decide to turn it on, it's a little too late, like that game against the New York Islanders. So once again, the Devils are slumping, not concerned about it, but it's something that you really do have to take into consideration as you move forward in the month of December, because you're going to be playing against some other good teams, and those teams are going to be red hot. So it's just like, how do you uh, just... Uh, get everything back to the way it was just a few weeks ago. So not concerned. They're still one of the best teams in the NHL. Like I said, their worst is still better than most people's best. But I just said it was bound to happen. And right now they're just in the midst of a slump. And I'm sure they'll break out of it. All the good teams do. And that's what separates the great teams from the decent teams. 
uh, the good teams know how to break out of their slumps, and I hope the Devils are able to do so. Now, we're going to talk more about the game momentarily, but first, I want you guys to win some extra cash this holiday season with my friends over at BetOnline.net. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the game. So what are my overall views? Well, I saw a couple tweets going around saying that Vitek Vancek was the one to be blamed for this loss. And I said, absolutely not. So I blamed Vitek Vancek in the previous game against the New York Islanders. That was kind of on him because he wasn't really making the saves that he was so used to. But at the same time, I gave him the benefit of doubt, just saying like, look, the Devils defense, they did have a couple uh, lapses here and there. So it was just like they, Vitek Vancek, he could have performed better. But at the same time, it's just like the Devils didn't really give him a fair chance. And I, I feel as though this is the same uh, kind of scenario this time around because only to a greater degree of Vitek Vancek, he, is the not, he, he should not get any of the blame whatsoever. This loss is not on him. It goes on to the defense because if you look back at the game, the first goal of the game led up at the hands of Chris Kreider. It was a two-on-one odd man rush in the favor of the New York Rangers. So you're leaving your goalie out there in no man's land once again. Then when the Rangers got their second goal of the game in period number two, what happened? Well, Vitek Vancek, there was a screen on him. There was a player right in his eyesight. He had to stand at one point because he couldn't see. So once he saw the puck, it was just too little, too late. As soon as he did see it, like I said, just too late, found the back of the net. And ultimately, it was a three to two game. So right there, I don't blame Vitek Vancek because that's the New York Rangers just putting uh, his eyesight to the test. And, and, and unfortunately, he couldn't see over it. So that's not on Vitek Vancek. And then once again, third goal led up of, of the game by the New York Rangers. Once again, it was a two on one odd man rush at the hands of the New Jersey Devils. So you cannot keep doing these defensive lapses, these two-on-one uh, opportunities to your opponent because you're leaving your goalie in no man's land. So I don't blame Vitek Vancek at all in this loss. Now, the only goal that you can possibly put the blame on Vancek was that OT goal. But at the same time, it's not Vitek Vancek's fault that the Devils were in that situation because quite honestly, uh, those two-on-one uh, odd man rushes, they shouldn't have happened. If it was to happen, it should have happened once. And then for that screen set, he there was just nothing he could do on that. And to make matters worse, onto that second goal, it was a power play goal. So usually I'm a little more lenient when a goalie lets up a power play goal because it's not his fault that his team went into the penalty kill. And speaking of which, there were some calls that weren't assessed uh, to the New Jersey Devils. And I was listening to the game simultaneously on the radio. And trust me, Chico and Chico fashion was just pointing out saying, hey, that's a penalty right there. Oh, he missed the call. He missed the call. Like, that, that's a penalty. That the devil should be in the power play, whatever, whatever the case might be. Chico is hilarious on radio, by the way. So that's why I was uh, simultaneously uh, listening to it while watching the game. But, yeah, there were some calls that weren't really um, into the favor of the New Jersey Devils. They definitely should have had a couple more power play opportunities. But at the same time, you can't use that as an excuse because – 
Here's the thing, guys. The power play for the Devils is not all that good. So there's no guarantee that even if the Devils go on the man-up advantage because they had two power play opportunities in this game, and what happened? Devils went 0 for 2. So once again, like, yes, I do sympathize towards the Devils in this case, which is there were definitely some calls that should have went their way. They should have had a couple more power play opportunities. I don't think that's a reasonable excuse just because the Devils this season, their power play, let's face it, it's been – very mediocre. Their penalty kill has been solid, but their power play, pretty iffy. Now, let's talk about that Sharon Govich line because they barely played in this game. So here's the thing about the Sharon Govich line. It's something I've been talking about in previous episodes a lot. So when you look at Alexander Holtz, he had less than five minutes of ice time and he had a plus minus of negative one. And when you look at Sharon Govich, he was just under six minutes of total ice time. He had a plus minus of negative one. And then when you look at Jesper Boquist, Three minutes and 30 seconds on the ice, and he had a plus minus of negative two. So here's my overall thoughts on that line combination, because they barely played, and you can't uh, perform your best when you only have three lines out there. So you're overworking some of your top guys as a result. So that that line of Alexander Holtz, Jesper Boquist, and Yegor Sharangovich is not working. Now, Here's the thing about Yegor Sharangovich. There's nothing really that the Devils can do in this instance for him just because Yegor Sharangovich, in my eyes, is still a solid player. He's a very streaky player. So when he's hot, he's hot because remember that OT goal he had against the Toronto Maple Leafs? He was able to get another, uh, I, I believe, another goal in the next game against the Ottawa Senators. So Yegor Sharangovich, he's a very streaky player because the last five games he's performed absolutely nothing. He has zeros across the board, but at the same time, he really has nothing to work with. So with Jesper Boquist and Alexander Holtz, he's not going to generate any points with them. So I'm not going to put that on Yegor Sharangovich, but here's who I am going to put that on. Jesper Boquist, look, last season, late last year was a fluke. I, I gave Jesper Boquist a decent amount of time to prove everyone wrong. And like I said, last year he proved uh, me wrong. He proved everyone else wrong who wrote him off because I projected for him to get waived last January during the course of the season because I felt as though there's no room for him. But Jesper Boquist, uh, unfortunately, that was just a fluke. He's he's done really nothing, pretty much nothing on uh, the opportunities that he's been given. And then for Alexander Holtz, I said in the last episode, I'm just confused. It's because like in Utica, he performs really well. But in the NHL, he just looks like a deer in headlights. He has his moments because remember, who scored the first goal of the season for the New Jersey Devils? It was Alexander Holtz. And when Alexander Holtz played, I believe, in his first game back from Utica against the Nashville Predators, who scored uh, a goal and got me hyped? It was Alexander Holtz once again. So he has his moments, but unfortunately, uh, too many of his moments are just him not doing anything. And in the last game against the New York Islanders, even though Lindy Ruff defended Alexander Holtz and said that second penalty shouldn't have been assessed, it still happened. So you can't really change the outcome of what happened, which is Alexander Holtz goes to the penalty box. And as a result, the Devils, despite cutting the lead in half four to two, they, uh, they allowed a power play goal to the Islanders. Islanders go up five to two and pretty much that game is out of reach. So that line combination of Sharon Govich, Boquist and Holtz has got to be broken up. Alexander Holtz has to go back to Utica. Jesper Boquist, I think you have to waive him. He's not really, he hasn't really shown me anything to be worth keeping around. And then for Yego Sharangovich, you got to give him better line mates so that way he can start producing himself. So I don't put the blame on Yegor Sharangovich. Yes, he should be a leader out there, but and he should be scoring some goals. So I'm not saying he's off the hook. But at the same time, what do you really expect out of Yegor Sharangovich in that sort of instance? So Yegor Sharangovich, he's a very streaky player. 
He's inconsistent, but at the same time, I have more faith in him than I do for Alexander Holtz and Jesper Volquist. So that's my opinion about that line combination. And once again, you can't be rolling out three lines and expect to win. So I, I told you the amount of ice time that all three of those players played. They were a liability out there, and there was no reason to keep them out there because, like I said, in the little ice time that they had, Yegor Sharangovich had a plus-minus of negative one. Jesper Volkos had a plus-minus of negative two. And Alexander Holtz had a plus-minus of negative one. So it's just like, like I said, they were liabilities out there, and they couldn't do anything. And now, the star player for this game was Jack Hughes. And we cannot continue to be so top-heavy. So Jack Hughes, I'm sure he's going to be kicking himself because he did have a penalty shot, and unfortunately... Shesterskin was just able to use his paddle and knock the puck away from him. And then Jack Hughes tripped up and ran into him. But unfortunately, uh, Jack Hughes wasn't able to make this a four to one game. So I'm sure he's going to be kicking himself for that because even though he was able to score in this game in period number two, and even though he did get seven shots on goal and he was playing very effective minutes out there, I'm sure if, if you were to ask Jack Hughes, he would have said like, look, I would have much rather gotten that penalty shot to put the game to bed early, but unfortunately just didn't happen that way. So my star player is still Jack Hughes for this game, but we cannot keep relying on Jack Hughes uh, every single game because he broke the NHL record for most ice time in the last matchup against the New York Islanders. And then uh, in this game, he had seven shots on goal. He was, it seemed like every time he touched the puck, it was, it, it, it was just him uh, being a wizard out there. And even though it didn't really result in the amount of points I'm sure he would have wanted, you still saw that Jack Hughes was making a valiant effort to try to put the game to bed early. You saw him just trying to uh, break the tie, whatever the case might be. So Jack Hughes, in, in my eyes, is the player of the game for the Devils. But w- let's not fall into that trend again where we're too top-heavy. Let's get scoring up and down our lineup once again. I know it's easier said than done, but – just just putting that out there. So Jack Hughes was definitely an X factor for this game. And uh, Chrissy Flannery actually tweeted something out. And I was just like, this is one of the reasons why I nicknamed Jack Hughes the truth. Because Jack Hughes entering this game, uh, he, had, he had a seven-game point streak. So he extended it to eight uh, games in this matchup. He had seven goals, five assists, 10 points, six goals, four assists, and 13 career games versus the New York Rangers. Has told 14 career penalty minutes against the New York Rangers, the most against any opponent. So Jack Hughes in this matchup, he was the player to watch. And at the end of the game, I think he was the star player for the New Jersey Devils just based on how he was playing. Okay, so like we do with every game recap, we're going to look at the final stats and I'm going to give a letter grade for New Jersey Devils. So shots on goal differential, 29 to 23 in favor of the Devils. It's worth mentioning, and this and this makes this game even that more disappointing, that the Rangers didn't get their first shot on Vitek Vancek until more than halfway done with period number one. So it seemed like the defense was looking really good for the Devils, but unfortunately, just the trajectory just went downward and they weren't able to rebound. So the Devils, once again, starting off good, but they weren't able to finish. So there, there you go right there. So that, that makes it a little bit more disappointing. And I believe that the Rangers finished off with either seven or eight shots on goal towards the end of period number one. So it goes to show you that the, the defense wasn't looking good early. Then face-off percentage, 59% to 42% in favor of the Devils. Power play opportunities, Devils were 0 for 2. Rangers were 1 for 2. Hits 32 to 19 in favor of the Rangers. Blocks 13 to 10 in favor of the Rangers. Giveaways, Rangers doubled this department compared to the Devils. 18 giveaways compared to the Devils is 9. 
And unfortunately, the Devils weren't able to capitalize on the mistakes that the Rangers made. Oh, well, maybe not enough to an extent because it's just like the Devils should have put the game to bed early, but they let the Rangers hang around and then thus goes into OT. And despite this season, the Devils being three and one in OT matchups and the Rangers two and five, Rangers just were able to get one past Vanacek and they came away with the win. At least the Devils walked away with something. So if I had to give a final letter grade for Devils, I'm going to give them a C minus because they did start off the game good and they were putting up a good effort. But unfortunately, it's the same mistake they made against the Islanders, which is if we count that OT goal when the Devils were up 3-1, they allowed the Rangers to score three unanswered goals, thus losing 4-3. to And you cannot keep repeating mistake after mistake. And look, I know the Devils, this is only their, uh, well, this isn't their fifth regulation loss, but but I get that they still lost the game technically. So I know that the Devils haven't lost that many matchups, but at the same time, we know they can perform better. So it wasn't as bad as as their game against the Islanders because I believe I gave them a D. But in this game, I bumped it up a little bit because the score was lower. They did put up a better effort. They did score the first two goals of the game relatively early. They didn't allow the Rangers to get a shot on goal until well into period number one. And the Devils made it a competitive battle, sending it to OT. But at the same time, this was a game that the Devils should have won. So that's my final letter grade. Let me know what you guys think. What did you think about the overall matchup? And guess what? I'm going to be back at the Prudential Center in our next game against the Dallas Stars. I'll be up in the press box once again. And I'm actually going to be in the press box quite frequently throughout the month of December and a couple games in January before I have to go back to school. So if you see me at the Prudential Center, don't be afraid to come and say hi. So, and by the way, guys, I am, uh, at the time of recording, I'm about 11 subscribers away from 1,000 and I am five followers away from 1,600 on Twitter. So help your boy out. And as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.